A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading the Fight Night Extra. A reminder that I'll be joined every single Monday live on TalkSport 2 by Gareth A. Davis to dissect all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. 2021 is set to be a huge year for boxing, both in the UK and abroad, and we'll have you covered every single step of the way. If you can't join us live, make sure you subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel to ensure you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the other great boxing programming, the likes of Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and you love your MMA, then this is absolutely the show for you, Fight Night Extra, where myself, Adil Adipo, and Gareth A. Davis will be looking forward to some of the big fights that could happen in 2021, looking back at some of the fights that have happened as well. Today, we're going to discuss Carl Frampton and that defeat and subsequent retirement in losing to Jamel Herring. The latest just on Conor Ben, massive fight from this weekend. He takes on Samuel Vargas. Paddy Piblet is going to be in the house as well. Paddy the Batty. And we'll be looking at Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier 3, which has now been signed. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Let's go. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. I said before I would, I would retire if, if I lost this fight, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. And still, the WBA Continental Welterweight Champion, Connor the Destroyer Ben! And I think lessons were learned in that Soren back fight, chasing that rear naked choke throughout the whole round. He's softly got a it's over! Beautiful All right, so much to unpack from what was um, a crazy weekend of boxing. What 
what is going to be, I think, a crazy weekend of boxing coming up. We are going to discuss MMA as well. We're going to be joined by Paddy the Baddie Pimlet, who's just signed that deal with the UFC. Uh, time now, though, to welcome in Gareth A. Davis, as always. Gareth, firstly, how are you, my man? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, loved the uh, Easter weekend, and now it's back to the freezing cold of and the showers that are going to come in a week's time. But I, I, I'm talking weather. Yes. The fight game is is great. Um, you know, I know that Carl Frampton put up a valiant battle on Saturday night, mm. but he is no longer a professional fighter. And I know we're going to pick the bones out of that, but uh, he had a long and decorated career. And I, I spent many, many weeks following him and, and kind of documenting his life and his career in, in, in fine detail. He, yeah. he was a great man and a great fighter. Yeah, great man, great fighter indeed. We are going to unpack exactly what some might say went wrong in that fight against Jamal Herring. But um, look, credit to Jamal Herring as well. Great person, great guy. It's almost, you know, when you get two great guys that are just, it's always sad when you see one lose. But I'm happy for Jamal Herring. I'm happy that he got the payday. I'm happy that he'll get another payday, uh, whether that be against Shakur Stevenson or anyone else in the 130-pound division, because it is a stacked division right now that he belongs in. Um, what did you make of, of Carl Frampton's overall performance? I mean, look, we were speaking in the lead-up to the fight, and we both made him favourite in that fight, right? We said if it's a boxing match, he's going to win the boxing match, but he got outboxed in that fight as well, uh, Gareth. Well, he had to hustle, didn't he? He had a seven-inch uh, reach disadvantage and a five-inch height disadvantage going into the contest. And, you know, he had to be at his very best. He and Jamie Moore, we spoke to Jamie Moore last week, his trainer, of course, mm. who said that Carl had an amazing camp. And we both said that Carl needed to be his absolute best against a very long, a very yeah. skillful southpaw who doesn't give a lot away and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Look, great champions, and, and that he was, a two-weight world champion, along with Katie Taylor and Steve Collins, the only two other Irish people to hold uh, uh, world championships in two-weight divisions. Um, they always feel they've got one more great fight left in them. Yeah. And that's what Carl was looking for on Saturday night. Mm. And the great champion... You know, and he, and he found that out on Saturday night. Herring was majestic, sharp shooting with his left and right hands, and 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 he found the openings. And Carl could not weave his way inside. The timing that Jamie Moore talked about last week that they'd seen in camp wasn't there on yeah. the night in the fight. Mm. And it was a very, it was a sad moment to for a guy who I've travelled with all his fans in 2014. He, he, the, the, the Titanic quarter in Belfast, Daddy, was taken over by Catholics and Protestants alike. Put them together, yeah. Across the sectarian divide, together in an outdoor purpose-built arena. I'll never forget that night. But then the nights in New York, the nights in Las Vegas, you know, he took a lot of fans with him. And it was sad to see him emotional and alone in many ways in this crowdless arena in Dubai, announcing the end of his career in, 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 in very emotional, very emotive terms. Yeah, look, again, we're going to unpack the fight a bit more. I'm happy you mentioned this crowdless arena in Dubai because, look, this, this was... Um... This is a chance to him, for him to become a freeweight world champion. I mean, it was historical. Uh, some people already say he's in the Hall of Fame, but I said, look, if he wins this, it's first foot, one foot in the Hall of Fame already. For Jamal Herring, this is a big fight as well. Biggest win of Jamal Herring's career. And then you had this fight in Dubai. And I'm not, I'm not against fighters going out there and getting paid. Get your money, right? I mean, it's a dangerous sport. If you can get paid, get paid. But it was a shame a fight of that magnitude wasn't in an arena in America where some fans are back now, we know, Gareth. Not over here in the UK, but in America there are. It was a shame that there weren't 
three, four, five thousand Irish. It was a shame there wasn't American fans cheering Jamal Herring. In the end, it was this, which it almost felt like a shallow tent in Dubai for what was a massive fight for Carl Frampton. Yeah, and the announcer tried to be 5,000 people on his own. Oh, he? what was he um, about? I felt yeah, sorry for I know, him, but, no, oh, God. No, yeah, I didn't feel sorry for him. I've, <laughs> never, I've never seen an announcer get so much flack oh. for his performance. And Buffer gets all the love, doesn't he? All the yeah. two Buffers. Yes. Uh, Michael and Bruce. Mm. David Diamante gets loads Jimmy of Lennon love. Jimmy Lennon Jr. Jimmy Lennon Jr. Craig Stephen, our yeah. own Craig Stephen from Scotland, gets lots of love. But... I mean, I will keep the guy nameless. Yeah, no, because do that, please. Yeah. It was it was like at the age of 50, all his Christmases and all his Easter's had come at once and he could not believe his moment in the spotlight. Um, you know, it made a lot of us blush, I think. But yeah, it was, it was a weird scenario. I mean, you mentioned a few thousand people. Carl Frampton could carry many, many thousands of people. Yeah. Incredibly popular fighter. Um, a, a pocket battleship. Um, as a man and as a, f- a physique. And, um, you know, um, I, I, I just feel that that, that that final stretch, he was never a big super bantamweight. Mm. Um, he was never a big featherweight, really. He was just powerful. So stepping up to super feather, 130 pounds weight limit, you know, where some of these guys are 5'10", 5'11", like Jamel Herring, was always a massive ask. And you could tell from the opening round, Danny, yeah, that yeah, 100%. He, he, he couldn't get inside. Yeah. Jamel was tucked up, using his jab brilliantly, and, and well, the, the, the uppercut. Dear, oh, no, honestly, yeah, the way it collapsed him was, was, again, it was hard to watch. Just as being a Carl Frampton fan, it was hard to watch. And look, I think they almost looked like they were separated by two weight divisions on the night. I mean, one looked like a welterweight in there in Jamal Herring. And then Carl Frampton, because of that small stature, just looked like a guy 126 pounds. I do want to quickly move on just because of time. A massive fight card this weekend. Um, I think Conor Ben, who I think we hope... Um, from a British standpoint, is that next superstar, right? He takes on another another step up, I think it's fair to say, in, in Vargas, who we've seen over here before fighting the likes of Amir Khan, has been in there against the likes of Virgil Ortiz last time out, and Errol Spence. He's been in there with everyone, right? Danny Garcia, and he's got some losses on there, but the losses are only to very good boxers. This is a nice step up. I like this for Conor Ben. I think it's a very, very good matchup for him. I think it is a good matchup, but it's a dangerous matchup oh, yeah. in my 100%. view. Yeah. I've I've just come off a Zoom call with uh, Sammy Vargas, and you know he was you, you call him Sammy. He, you call him Sammy. I call him Sammy Vargas. Call him Sammy. Yeah. Okay, cool. I say I Samuel. Do, I mean Samuel. You, you can say Samuel. Samuel. You know, I'm, yeah. I, listen, you you can call him Samuel to his face, to his back. <laughs> and, no, um, I mean I've been around him a few times. Listen, he, he's not a bad fighter. Mm. He's very aggressive. As you say, he's been in with very good opposition. Um, this is a proper test yeah. uh, for Conor Ben. If he's not on his metal on, on Saturday night, where I fear for him is if he's not wound Samuel Vargas down by the 7th or 8th or ninth oh, round, it's gonna he be, could be in for a get, very tough yeah. last three rounds because mm, that's where the, the, the experience and, and all those vast things that he has in front of Conor Ben, and that's what Sammy was just talking about with a few of us, that's where he could have problems uh, in this fight. But, you know, Conor's very confident, he's very physical, he's very aggressive. You know, even against Formella, Sebastian Formella in his last performance, mm. and he battered the guy from pillar to post. I mean, he'd been in, of course, um, with, with Sean, Sean Porter, Porter. Yeah. over 12 rounds, so he showed something good, did Conor, but... There were times in the fight where he looked fatigued. Yeah. So he's got to pace himself a little bit more and pick his shots a little bit more on Saturday night. Agreed. If he doesn't dent and can't dent 
Samuel, or Sammy, I'm going to call him now because you put it in my head, Sammy Vargas, you're right, Sammy Vargas will we'll be there for 12 rounds. We, we know that. He's done. He, he knows us to do 12 rounds. He will be there. He's got to dent him, and he's got to dent him very, very quickly. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good card, this one, to be fair. I mean, Savannah Marshall's on there defending her WBO middleweight strap that she beat uh, when she beat Hannah Rankin uh, for that fight. Well, this is this is her first defense of it against, I have to admit, a girl, a girl that I have not known too much about in uh, Femke Hermans. Uh, do, what do you know about this uh, opponent, Gareth? Um, well, she's got four knockouts in her 11 wins. She's been, um, she has never been knocked out herself. Okay. Um, yeah. So she's a stylist. She's from Belgium. She's 31 years old. Um, she's boxed 90 rounds as a pro. I mean, you know, look, she has lost to Clarissa Shields in the past. No shame um, in that, is there, anymore? <laughs> no, no yeah. shame in that in a bid for the WBA uh, and IBF and WBC uh, middleweight titles. That was uh, two, uh, December 2018, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, she's been in, you know, she lost by unanimous decision in that fight. So she did the rounds with Clarissa Shields. So she's no mug. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a decent opponent. You know, that I think, you know, we've spoken to Savannah on the show. And, and, and as she's told us before, box, women's boxing doesn't have the deeper strength in depth at the yeah. moment. So the girls have to, to fight who's there. But, you know, you never know what can go, go wrong for any of these guys. And, and she's 31, as I say. She's a woman, you know. Um, she's, uh, she's ranked five uh, in, in the world at, uh, at uh, Super Middleweight. So we'll see how she goes. Um, I expect Savannah to win on points or by late, late stoppage. Because I think she's going to sit on her punches a little bit more uh, in this contest. But it's the same old thing. Can women finish fights when there's two-minute rounds? It's very difficult for them. Yeah, I, I find it it's, it's ridiculous. And, and that they need to change that, by the way. I, I do think it needs to be three-minute rounds just to give them an opportunity to do that work in the last minute of each round. A couple of final points, and we're going we're gonna to have this man on uh, a bit later. Paddy, the baddie Pimblet, has finally signed to the UFC. Um, look, it looks like he might go into that shark-infested water that is the 155-pound division, which, I mean... I think it's the strongest division in the UFC personally. But it's a, I like the fact that we are getting another fighter in the division from England, um, from Liverpool as well. Got the Liverpudlian accent. We're going to hear it in a minute. It's going to be very, very strong. Harry Pimblet. Harry Pimblet. <laughs> it's even a bit stronger than that, isn't it? It's a bit crazy. But a good yeah, addition. Is, is. They've been wanting him to come over to the UFC for a while. He stalled it. He thinks the time is right now. Absolutely. And it's great to have him in, in, the, in the, the, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He thoroughly deserves it. Mm. But you know what? I've got to say, I'm looking forward to speaking to him later because he's an absolute character. Yeah, but is. we can't finish the first section without mentioning Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz on May the 15th. Come on, Addy. No, you're right. I you know am stoked. You know, you know, I'm slipping a bit. You, and I apologize, Gareth. You are correct. That's crazy. That is, like, Leon Edwards has been waiting for the opportunity of all opportunities. And apart from fighting for the title, it doesn't get bigger than Nate Diaz. It, it, it simply doesn't get bigger. I mean, Kobe, this is bigger. Maybe not as big as Jorge Rima. I mean, that just because of the toucan chicken and the soda, whatever the line was. But this is huge, isn't it? Nate Diaz is massive. It's massive because Nate Diaz, the Diaz brothers, have a massive following uh, around the world of MMA. And it's a great opportunity mm. for Leon Edwards to play the good guy against the guy that's going to give him the shtick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it's perfect for him. And you know what? It's a really good style matchup for Leon Edwards 100%, well. right? Because this is going to be stand-up. We know that uh, Nate has fantastic BJJ, but this is going to be stand-up. And in a stand-up, I've got to favour Leon. I've got to. 
Well, you can. You're Thank entitled you. to. Thank you very much. I, I, I do. I do see Leon as the favourite. But do you know what? What Nate Diaz, mm. like Nick Diaz, his elder brother before him, they have something special about them. They do. They have the. They have the come on then bring it brother. Honestly, there's going to be a point. Fantastic. There's going to be a point. We've got to quickly go to break it. There's going to be a point where Leon is cracking him, and Nate's going to say what? I can't say what Nate's really going to say because. Uh, we're only at four o'clock here. But he's going to throw up the fingers like, you know what he does. And I can't wait to see how Leon reacts to that. Hey, listen, homie, go to break. I think, oh, thank you very much. All right, I'm going to break <laughs> right now. You're listening to Find an Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Remember, if you've missed any of the show or would like to listen again, they can check out our podcast at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. <laughs> You know, I said before that I would retire if I lost this fight, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I wanted to, I wanted to dedicate the fight to Billy McKay in my whole career, to my, to my wife and my kids who, you know, they've made so much sacrifices. I've been away so long, I've missed them growing up, my own kids, and I just want to dedicate my, uh, my life to my family now. It is Fight Night Extra with myself, Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davis. Touching words there from Carl Frampton. Um, look, it was always going to be a tough fight against Jamal Herring. I think if you watched a fight on Saturday night live from Dubai, you could see the size difference of the two men when they both got in the ring. And look, the old adage is, Gareth, that, um, you know, a, a great small man will lose. Sorry, a great big man will always beat a great small man. I mean, in the end, yeah, well, we saw two why. very good boxers. And look, size does count for something in boxing. Not everyone is a Manny Pacquiao or, or you know, or a Floyd Mayweather or a Loma that can go through the weight classes like that. Sometimes size will get, catch up with you. Yeah, si size does outmatch skill sometimes. We often think that skill does the business, but it didn't on Saturday night mm. for, for Carl Frampton. He couldn't use his footwork to get in. He, he tried weave, weaving and bobbing and trying yeah. to get in and, you know, tried his best in the clinches to get punches off. But Jamel Herring's long arms, his long levers, just did for Carl. And, you know, um, it was a very difficult fight to watch because Carl in his pomp, mm. this is what I've got to give to Carl, a massive tribute. Because when you go back to 2016, and he was the Ring Magazine Fighter, fighter of, the year. of the Year. I mean, and, it's you incredible. Know, when you think of the fighters well, that were around in 2016 as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is this, in my time, you know, I write a column for the Ring Magazine, Naz Hamid, Carl Froch, Ricky Hatton, Lennox Lewis, and Joe Calzaghe. Mm. They've all been Ring Magazine Fighters of the Year. They've all been on the cover. Carl adorned the cover that year. His brilliant wins to unify um, at Super Bantamweight against, uh, against Carl Froch. And then to go and beat the brilliant three-weight world champion... Uh, Scott Quigg, sorry. sorry. Uh, and then to go to America and, and beat the brilliant three-weight um, world champion... Um, Leo Santa Cruz. Unbeaten a, at the that, time that, as well. Unbeaten. unbeaten at the time. Yeah. The best fight of his career, in my mm. view. The best performance. He boxed when Santa Cruz fought, and he fought when Santa Cruz boxed. Yeah. And it was an amazing performance. And for that reason, he became a very special fighter. I think he'll go into the Hall of Fame anyway. Do you, yeah? Um, regardless of... I do. And mm. um, Because of what he did outside the ring as well. As I mentioned earlier, you know, you know he, he's... 
he, he is a, in a marriage of a Protestant and a Catholic. Um, he comes from the very working class, blue collar Tigers Bay. He's loved and respected there. As I say, I went in 2014, see him win the, uh, the Bantamweight World title, uh, Super Bantamweight World title against... Um, against Kiko Martinez, the Spaniard, that night. Mm. And it was an amazing atmosphere in September uh, 2014. All people from each sides of the divide, no trouble at all, mm. purely there for Carl Frampton, their man. He's a brilliant analyst on the sport. He always talks sense. And you heard in that speech the deep, deep feelings that he had about what he sacrificed in not seeing his... He's got a wonderful family. He's got a beautiful daughter who is... She, she's just like... I don't know. She's so clever. She's so bright. She's like Carl. She's like a mini version of Carl. And and he gave it all up. And, and that emotion came out. The emotion for Billy McKee, his, his late trainer, who was his trainer earlier in his career. He had an extraordinary run and an extraordinary rise. He was a very, very special fighter. And he will be remembered as such. And as I said earlier in the show, the only Irish person to win belts in two weight divisions, along with Steve Collins and Katie Taylor. He belongs in the highest echelon of the sport. Yeah, I mean, again, he's reeled off some of those wins there. And uh, Kiko Martinez fight and it's crazy because you see Kiko Martinez fighting now and giving young up and current up and coming unbeaten fighters problems and he's talking about Kiko Martinez of seven eight years ago I mean that guy was as tough as nails back then Scott Quigg when Manchester was supposed to be full of Mancunians that was taken over by the Irish I mean I remember Barry McGuigg and famously saying we, we've taken this place over we've literally we've flown them all in from Ireland and we Manchester is now Irish and then again going to America Leo Santa Cruz even the rematch with Leo Santa Cruz there should have been a trilogy. There always should have been a trilogy. But obviously, Leo Santa Cruz wanted another direction. What a fantastic career. Quickly, just going back to the fight, Gareth. Have a look. It was always going to be difficult. Like you said, from the first round, you could see that Jamal Herring looked as sharp as he's ever been, right? I mean, you go back to Jamal Herring against Oquendo. He looked doubly sharp in this one. He really had something to prove, I think, because a lot of people thought maybe he quit against Oquendo. I, I don't really have that same sentiment. But he looked good. He looked strong. Uh, tail thrown in at the right time for you. I mean, we always talk about trainers throwing the tail in at the right time. Perfect timing for Jamie Moore? You could see in the body posture when he was hit by that left uppercut, yeah. the way his body fell. It was like a stiff banana, wasn't it? Yeah. His body was yeah. like a stiff banana. And he just fell directly backwards. He was out. Mm. He's a game brave man, a champion's heart. He got to his feet again to fight on. But it was clear that his legs had gone. He already took too many punches, in my view, even after he was knocked down. I thought that was the end, yeah, based yeah. on their body posture. So the corner, throwing the towel in, Jamie Moore, Nigel Travis, they did exactly the right thing. Because it's about compassion. It was merciful at that point. And you didn't want to see Carl Froch get damaged. Uh, Carl Frampton get damaged. It wasn't you've Carl got, Froch You've got Carl Froch on the line today. You've got Carl I've got Carl now. What's going I've on? Got, I know. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. But the thing is this. The, the key for, for Carl Frampton now is, I think, is what he can pass on in the sport. Because so many people look up to him. You know, he had hundreds of messages yeah. from his fans in tiny print on his shorts as well. Beautiful. Messages that people had sent him over the years. And I, and I think, I just don't want to see him disappear entirely from the sport. I want to see him commentate and I want to see him pass on what he learnt in an extraordinary journey. All the way from Tigers Bay to Las Vegas 
to the Brooklyn, uh, to, to Brooklyn, to the Barclays Center, to, as you say, to that brilliant performance, the night where he completely bamboozled Scott Quigg just with his jab for seven rounds mm. and he took the fight away from the Mancunian. No, it, it's, it's a brilliant career and it was a shame to see that he didn't have it on Saturday night. It reminded me of when Ricky Hatton came back against Vyacheslav Senchenko. Oh, that was very after sad. he'd been that, away that, nearly that, three years. He was a ghost sad, of that. himself. Yeah. He was a ghost of himself. And in many ways, Carl was a ghost of himself. What I like is the, the realisation and the reality and the honesty that he knew it was the end. I want to quickly have a discussion about the state of sort of British boxing and, and that next superstar. We are seeing that Carl's now retired and, you know, they look at the likes of Kelbrook and Amir Khan. Who, look, they're probably going to have that fight, really. I think it's going to be done now, but they're coming to the end as well. You're seeing some of our unbeaten fighters lose that O, right, which boxers seem to cherish so much. And I think it's over-cherished, if I'm honest with you, the likes of Josh Warrington losing and Callum Smith losing. Billy Joe Saunders has got a tough fight, right? If he can keep Ezo against Canelo, it's going to be one of the biggest upsets we've seen in recent times. Where is British boxing right now in your mind, Gareth, in terms of the next stars that we're trying to search for? Well, it's very strong. I mean, we've got some terrific fighters going off to the Olympics this summer yeah. in Tokyo. Fraser Clark, I cannot wait to see turn pro as a super as a heavyweight he's a super heavyweight um you know there, there are a lot of great guys coming through that olympic team we'll have to see how they go in the olympics that's a very much a lower level dalton smith impresses me mm. um dennis mccann's like, well, one that looks really good dennis mccann looks very good um look daniel dubois has lost his o hasn't he but i'd like to see how daniel dubois comes back um fabio wardley another young heavyweight who i like the look of Connor Ben on Saturday night has got the opportunity to show that he is the real deal at welterweight. He's still got so much learning to do. There's there's talent everywhere. We are talent rich Love it. in this country. Mm. We do not know who's going to emerge right up there. But the point being, Sonny Edwards has got a world title fight coming up on the 30th of April. The, the, I think the key is whether these guys come up and how they apply themselves mm. when they're in the trenches, when they are hurt, yeah. can they come back from that? Because yeah. um, we are, like you say, we're saying goodbye to a generation that, in, that will include um, Delian White in a couple of years and Tyson Fury yeah. in a couple yeah. of years and, and Anthony Joshua, mm. um, Kel Brook and Amir Khan are at the end now. So there's a lot of guys on their way out. So, you know, for me, Connor Ben, Dalton Smith, Dennis McCann, these are the guys, Fabio Wardley, um, and I do think Daniel Dubois still, I do think that there's there's a massive opportunity for him to grow from his loss against Joe Joyce last year. Love it. You know, boxing fans are going to love to hear that because there is this narrative right now that we are really struggling for talent when it comes to boxing on these shores. But hearing that from Gareth A. Davis should give us some hope that there are some superstars. And he just mentioned there sort of the guys in the Olympics. There were a lot of people. Remember, the Olympics was supposed to be last year. There are a lot of those Olympians that would have turned pro right now. So we are almost, in fact, a year behind seeing that talent. So it is coming through. All right, you're listening to Finite Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. Remember, if you've missed any of the show and like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. Up next, well, got a special one for you coming up next. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. And I think lessons were learned in that Soren backfight, chasing that rear naked choke throughout the this whole round. He's no, softly going to and it's over! Beautiful Honey, work. the body is back! Wow. Absolutely flawless performance from Liverpool's own Paddy Pimler. It's final extra with myself, Gareth A. Davis, and Adiola Depot. I, I said myself, Gareth A. Davis there. Myself, Adiola Depot, and Gareth A. Davis. Um, oh, I can't wait to talk to this, man. You know, to be fair, look, every single person when it comes to mixed martial arts has been talking about this man, this young man, for the best part of, I'm going to say three, four years. People have been saying, when's he going to go over to the UFC? It was like, you know, take, let me take my time here. I want to, I you know, I want to elevate my game. I want to I go when I'm ready to go. That time is now. That man now joins us. It's Paddy, the Baddy Pimblet, who has signed a deal with the UFC. He is going over to that league. Paddy, um, before we even talk MMA, let's get the most important thing out of the way first. Liverpool tonight, Champions League, Real Madrid. Surely they've got to do it, right? Oh, yeah. We win the Champions League, lad. Never mind, just tonight. We, 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 slap, the, we slap these up in their own backyard and then beat them at home. I love it's it. It's going to be like 2005 all over again, lad. Half a team and we still win. It feels like it's coming, doesn't it? It feels like we're going to make top four and then Real Madrid. It it, it was, everything feels like it's happening for some reason. I, it's I, falling I into place, lad. It's just like my career at the minute. Everything's falling into place. It's happening at the right time. No, it certainly is. And let's talk about that career. Um, again, look, you heard me on the, on the top there say, you know, everyone's been asking about you making the switch to the UFC for a couple of years. You've always said, look, I'll go when I'm ready to go. You're going now. Why now? Why the jump now? Because, like I said, like like you say, I've always said I'll go when I'm ready, and now I am. I'm actually ready. You know what I mean? Me, um, me, me body is. I've grew up <laughs> when I got offered the uh, when I got offered the the original contract five years ago. I was still a child. You yeah. know what I mean? I was still I was small. I was still growing into my body. I was still very very unprofessional, out mm. partying all the time, and doing stuff that I shouldn't do and not listening to me elders and me people who've got me to where I am. So I needed I needed a loss or two and I needed to realise what I had to lose before um, I realised the opportunity I had in front of me. 
Well, Paddy, it's amazing that you talk about that, that you kind of, uh, you know, we sometimes talk about it as man strength when you get to your later 20s. It seems incredible that, I think you were, were, were you just 17 when you turned pro? So it's a lot like you knew anything else in your life at that point. Yeah, you're right. I was, I turned pro when I was 17 because um, there was no amateur fights left out there for me. So I went 2-0 and at 17 and then won my third fight and I just turned 18 and got signed to Cage Warriors. So as you say, I've never, I've never knew anything else. I've, I've grew up in this sport. Um, Cage Warriors put a post up last on Twitter the other day, and it's every one of me, me weighing pictures. And I was just looking <laughs> at it like, oh my god, you are a child. <laughs> like, I thought I, I thought I was the best in the world then, lad. You know what I mean? I thought I was one of the best in the world then. And I look back at some of them pictures and think, wow, you skinny little man, what are you up to? Because <laughs> I never even used to do any, um, never even used to do any strength and conditioning or weights or anything like that back then. You know what I mean? I was just training me jiu-jitsu, me wrestling, me striking and um, little, little bits of hill sprints and stuff like that. I mm. wasn't really doing S&C like I do now where I focus on me, me conditioning and me strength side of things. The great thing about you, I, unlike Eddie, who has a beautiful, shiny cranium with his handsome face and beard, I like a bit of hair, as you know, Paddy. And the thing is this. Yeah, like, of course. What I like about you is you've got a proper head of hair. Is that going to stay in the UFC and be part of you? Because you're the fifth Beatle, really, aren't you? Yeah, you know that, the fifth Beatle. I've just been reading something else saying that. I love that shout, the fifth Beatle. And I'm here to take over, just like them Beatles did. Know what I mean? I'm here to take over, just like they did. It's going to be body mania over the next few years. But um, the hair's got to stay. I'm not cutting this hair. If it comes down to fights where I think it's going to be tight decisions and stuff, then I'll get something like cornrows or something like that. But I'm never going to cut the air. You've got no chance. Me, me, me fiancé will probably get rid of me. Absolutely. No, you keep that hair. Just You're talking about strength and condition. Final one for me, because Addy's Addy is biting at I, getting in here. Go, yeah, I know he's itching. It's, can, you, can you fight in the UFC at lightweight and featherweight? Yeah. Um, I'm looking to I'm going to get a DEXA scan the next few weeks to see what me my body says scientifically to see if it's it's healthy to make featherweight. But after me my weight cut the last the last time, I I only cut three pounds overnight to make lightweight and I was eating carbs all week as well. So I think personally that I can make featherweight a lot healthier than I was now. Like I said before, I was a lot unprofessional back then. I was going out partying every weekend and I was eating stuff that I shouldn't have and I wasn't listening to people around me that I should have listened to and I was listening to idiots. So Come now, on, give us the diet. Is... Give us the diet of the things you were eating, Paddy. I just want to hear it so that everyone knows what you've been putting down there. Can I Can I, Can I? I answer? I bet he's going to say, look, I'm, I'm guessing Chinese, <laughs> a curry. He's um, got everyone's... Late everyone, night everyone kebabs. Does, everyone does like a kebab. Beer. Like I'm, kebab. I'm, more, a kebab. I'm, a, I'm a dessert type of guy, me, lad. I can eat like five <laughs> I can eat like five big bars of chocolate at once. I was eating like cheesecakes. <laughs> I had a, I had a big Maltese cheesecake. I had two bits of cookie dough pie, a big brownie with custard, um, wow. cook stuff, cookies. Know what I mean? These are just off people off pages on Instagram, lad. They're <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. And they, these are yeah, these are just starters before the meal. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like and then that's not even including me meals, Gareth. That's that's dessert. Imagine what these meals are like. No, it, it is crazy. It's about, look, I mean, like you say, you've now grown into the point where, 
you know, you understand your body a lot more as well. You know what you can put in it. You know the fuel you need. Uh, you mentioned 145 there and 155. I mean, you look at, I mean, 155 is a shark-infested, like, just water, isn't it? I mean, there's so much talent at 155. 145 is the same as well. I mean, look, Volkanovski versus Ortega, that fight's going to happen again. Or well, I say happen again. Obviously, it was cancelled last time, so they're going to get that one on, and then you've got Holloway there. I mean... It's not easy either division, is it? But this is the UFC. This is what you want to do, right? You want to fight the best. Yeah, that's it, exactly. It's no division in the UFC is easy. And as you say, featherweight and lightweight are two of the deepest divisions that you're getting. But I'm looking the McGregor route, to be honest. Beat everyone up at featherweight, <laughs> win, win, that, win that belt, and then just say, <laughs> lightweight champ, do you want to defend it or what? You know, you know what's funny? Yeah. You know what's funny? Sorry, Gareth, I know you want to come in, Gareth, but you had a couple. Let me get one more in there. You know what's funny is that, obviously, look, they've had Darren Till and look, Bisping to an extent. They're going to be so shocked by your mouth and your attitude. I don't think they're going to understand what's going to hit them. Once he gets on the mic, I mean, look, I know you're not this WWE character, but once you get on the mic and sell it, it's going to be unlike anything they've seen apart from, exactly. obviously, Conor McGregor. I mean, they're going to be shocked by this. I can't wait for it. Sorry, Gareth, I had to just get that one in. I just can't wait to see him when he has, like, the first head-to-head with someone and starts speaking, they might need subtitles. You know what the Americans are like, any other accent. They're definitely going to need subtitles. They'll be like, what's he saying? He's, he's talking too quick. What's he on about? What, what, what was that? That's what it's going to be like. I know it is, lad. Even when I'm well, having I, I, back and forth with someone, I, like, I just got off the scales. Like, what are you little saying stuff to them? They'll be like, today, what has he just said? What has he just said? It's brilliant, you know, because, you know, everybody knows what a great personality you are. And, and um, I say this to a lot of fighters, that take your opportunities on the stage when you're there, Paddy, because it's it, obviously it's about winning fights, but it's also in this day and age about growing one's brand as well. And I think you're going to be very successful in the UFC because you are so unique. I mean, to, to go to rewind this interview back to the beginning... Um, you know, having covered the sport for a long time now, and when other people weren't really interested, I'm one kind of one of the older guys covering it now. Um, oh, Gareth, I know must... that I, I met you. I met you um, ten years ago at the UFC Fan Expo in London if when you, I was. Paddy, if you can see the smile 16. on his face right now, <laughs> it's almost like you give him a verification badge. There, he loves and it. You know, I, I know, had, I remember I had, it. I hadn't Pat... even fought. Yeah, at the time, yeah. I hadn't even fought. I was, I was only fifteen or sixteen, and. I've got it. I've still got it in ours, Gareth. Something signed off, yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> Wait, Paddy, you got you got Gareth to sign you something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, love I hope it. I wasn't walking around drunk throwing head kicks. No, I think I'd been on stage that day with um with John Jones actually at the expo. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. In, in Olympia, I've got a picture with that, Jones as well. Yeah, that was the day he got stuck in my car, the poor man, for three hours because we were all going to the event at the O2 Arena later on, if you recall. Did you go? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went to Bismanaki Army. What does it mean to you? You must be walking around cock hoop now because it's always been the holy grail for British fighters to get into it. What does it mean? You know, you talk about 10 years ago, going to the Expos, you just started rolling, you, you, you knew you could fight, you knew it had it in you. What does it mean, those 10 years, to get that signature, to get that contract? Well, obviously, it put a smile on my face, know what I mean, but... I'll be honest, Gareth, it means nothing yet because mm. this is just the start. This is just the beginning. This is where it all gets going, you know what I mean? So I, I'm not getting too overexcited with myself because once I get one win and one interview, it's going to blow up even more. No doubt And it'll just it will. continue to snowball from there. I, I, 
I know what's coming, know what I mean? I know it's my destiny. I was meant to put on this earth to fight and entertain people and be the best. And that's what's going to happen. Very quickly, Paddy. And look, thank you so much for your time. Honestly, really do appreciate it. We, we, I wish we could keep going until five o'clock, but we can't, unfortunately. I was going to ask you this, though, <laughs> as we end, Paddy. Um, when is there a fight scheduled? And look, most people, when they make their UFC debuts, I mean, they take someone outside the top 15. I, I've got this feeling that you want someone in the top 15. Is there a fight scheduled? And do you have someone in mind that you would like to match up with? Um, no, to, I'll be honest, I don't have anyone in mind, um, even though a few, a few people have called me out on Twitter the past few days and I've had arguments <laughs> with them. Um, I, I really don't mind, you know what I mean? I don't care who, who the UFC put in front of me. I'm one of them. If whoever Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard put down and is on a contract in front of me, I will sign it. I won't turn anyone down. I don't care what rank they are, where they're from, who they are, you know what I mean? I'm not going to turn anyone down. I'm going to accept every single fight. And whoever it is that's in front of me, they're getting a beat down. No doubt they will. Gareth wants to ask you a final quick question. Go on, Gareth. So if you haven't got the fight yet, are you expecting to be in America by, say, midsummer to have a fight over there? Um, to, to be honest, I've got no idea just yet. I'm thinking around July-August time. That's when I want to fight, around July-August time. Um because then rumour has it, I've heard that they're coming back to London in October, November. So it would work out perfect for me to get both of the, on them, both of them cards. And then come out unscathed in London and go and beat someone up in December in America. You know, you know, you know what the dream is? You know what the dream is as I let you go? Anfield, isn't it? 55,000, 60,000. Yeah. Anfield, walking out. You'll never walk That will go off. It and will that will off, sell indeed. out. That will be packed to the rafters. Oh, that I know indeed. Paddy the Baddy, uh, my man, thank you so much for coming on. Really do appreciate it. Mate. Good luck in your UFC debut. Surprise them, shock them. Let them know that Liverpool has arrived. All right, remember your listeners to find an extra here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davis. We continue the MMA conversation next. It was signed this week. McGregor Poirier free. I believe the very first exchange, he will be hurt, and he will be hurt badly. He won't know. He he won't he won't have felt that power before. He won't have felt that smoothness before. That clinical precision before. I don't miss. I wanted to hurt the guy. I, not even seeing the footage, I can remember what that felt like. I don't even have to see the footage. I can think about it and remember the, the, my attitude towards the whole situation. I felt like I was fighting everybody. I felt like the UFC was against me. And, but this is a business and I understand everything just a little bit better now. It's a little bit more clarity and I, and I care less. This is Final Extra with myself, Ali Oladipo, and Gareth A. Davis. Um, you just heard there the commentary um, of their last fight. Remember, this is fight number three coming up, but their last fight um, between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. I love their commentary. I love, you know, I love, I love Daniel Cormier on commentary because he just screams. Like, he doesn't say anything. There is, it's just, it's just screaming. It says, oh my, that's all he does. Uh, John Anik obviously gives a bit more than that, but look, fantastic commentary duo, those two. Uh, let's talk about this one, Gareth. Um, 
we always kind of knew it was going to happen, especially when Khabib announced his retirement. And he kind of thought, okay, what was next for Dustin Poirier? Was it going to be a title fight against Chandler or Oliveira? Or did he want the money fight? And this is, look, Conor still is that. The money fight against Conor McGregor. He says, well, give me Conor again. I mean, this is the guy I knocked out in two. I'll take that fight and we get it again. Um, surprisingly, Conor's opened up his favourite. I don't know how many, I don't know if you look into that kind of stuff or not, but Conor is favourite for this one. What would you make of that? Conor being favourite in this one? Well, I mean, if you look at the fir- the second fight, rather, you look at the first fight, he whipped his backside in Las Vegas. I was there that night. You look at the second fight, and he was beating yeah. Dustin in that first round, really beating him up. And Dustin came through the, uh, the trenches yeah. and did a brilliant job in the second round. Um, look, this is all about... If Conor McGregor loses on July the 10th. It's kind of curtains, really. It's it's already... The giant McGregor era is over, let's be honest, okay? It is. But every time, you know, every time he comes back and he wins a fight, then something comes back if he creates some magic, like Mm. he did against Donald Cerrone. Yeah. One minute of magic, it sent Las Vegas wild. But the good thing about July the 10th is it'll be in front of a big crowd... And I don't think McGregor responds well to no crowd. And I think we'll see a different McGregor. And I think that's what's fascinating about it. Look, as is Kamara Usman, Jorge Masvidal too, as well, Mm. that's going on. As is Leon Edwards facing Nate Diaz. But as also, I've got to mention another featherweight and a lightweight champion, the champ champ, Patricio Pitbull, who did a brilliant number last Friday night at Bellator 255 as they returned he did. on Emmanuel Sanchez and now fights AJ McKee. By the way, now, AJ, I don't McKee. Know if you know AJ, AJ McKee. McKee, I do. AJ McKee looks massive. I, I, sometimes well, I wonder no, how they ma- make weight class. I, I, I don't know how he, he balls himself into he's it. He's 23 years old. That's, that's how he, that's how he does it. it. Yeah. He's not he's got, 23 he's not years got old. a timber like me. No, he's one. we all thicken up. We know that. The, when When... When AJ McKee and Patricio Pitbull meet later in the year, that's a fantastic fight mm. of featherweight. One of the rising stars, say, in the under-25 group in MMA. Maybe the best under-25 in MMA. So we've got to give Bellator a shout-out there. Um, but look, it's always great when, when Conor McGregor comes to town. You know, you because know what, it's just, always a lot of fun. You know what made me really sad? when you And you're right, when you said the Conor McGregor, that, <laughs> that era of just... Oh, it was so special. Is is over? Well, the people growing beards and people wearing three piece suits. Oh. Three people. They all do it now, to don't cut they? Their hair <laughs> like him. Yeah. I mean, it, Conor McGregor is just a prototype for the thirty year old hipster, basically. Isn't he, he is. Now, you know? No, no, no. That's what he is. I'm going to miss it when it is over. But with UFC or with MMA, unlike boxing, which is a very, very good thing, a loss doesn't mean the end, right? There are still matchups no. out there. Like Nate Diaz, free will always sell, right? Between those two, they've got that spark. Just before we go, I want to talk to you about the Bellator tournament that's live on BBC this week. I know you're doing fantastic work on it as well. The light heavyweight tournament, when they put that, the light heavyweight look together, everyone was literally salivating about the names on there and the fights that we're going to see. We see another one, a rematch from 2012, I think it was. Ryan Bader versus Leota Machida. Leota, that was when he was the dragon of all dragons and knocked Bader out. They go again. How do you see this one playing out, what, nine years later? 
Well, it's just whether the dragon can breathe fire again in the cage. Or will Bader avenge defeat all those years ago when he felt his lights go out in Los Angeles, Eddie? Mm. You know, he, he ran onto a stiff right hand, basically. He bull rushed onto a stiff right hand. Bader's become a champ champ since then and has matured in, in, in Bellator. Um, you know, Darth will be the favourite. But the Dragon Machida, he's 43 next month. Yeah. But there's still something special about him. But in that tournament, you've got... Yoel Romero against Anthony Johnson. That is Johnson that, that there that's a is crazy. Fight. Anthony yeah, Johnson versus Yoel Romero is crazy at light heavyweight. Like just scary. Yeah, Corey Anderson's there, you know, against um Yagshi Muradov. Yeah. You Dovechan Yagshi Muradov of Turkmenistan. I know you've never heard of him before or probably never, never in seen my life. Of him. No, but he's but Corey Anderson for me could be the dark horse of the tournament. Mm. A lot of these are UFC signings. Phil you Davis know, it, is in there as well. Phil Davis is in there, um, fighting a rematch with Vadim Nemkov, who's now the champion. So you know, Phil Davis and he had a great three-round fight a couple of years back. Um, really, really close fight. So that's coming up. It, you know, it's a great time in all these sports at the moment. You know, we are thick and fast. You, we've mentioned probably 20 fights that are coming up on today's hour. That means a fight every three minutes. And I'm going to say <laughs> sayonara, my friend, till next Monday. Sayonara indeed. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on TalkSport 2. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.